So how many of you guys are ready to dive into the scriptures? Awesome. Let's do it. I want to ask you to turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 through 40 is where I find my assignment for the day. I've really felt that God has spoken to me about this passage of scripture and has asked me to share it with you today. Next week, while you're turning there, I do want to remind you, we have Chris Cruz from Bethel Church who's going to be here. I know it was in the announcements, but to be honest, guys, you do not want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. So just want to remind you of that. Bring a friend. If you're in Matthew chapter 22, say amen. amen. If you're going to read it off the screen, say amen. amen. That's most of you. Okay. There's a Bible app on the iPhone. Get that also. All right, let's go. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Let's say that part again together. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Somebody say the Old Testament. Because that's what Jesus is summarizing here. At this point in time, the New Testament had not yet been written, okay? So the Bible that Jesus read was what we refer to as the Old Testament. So if anybody ever tells you, man, the Old Testament's good for nothing, well, if it's good enough for Jesus, right, then it's good enough for us. We should read it. We should study it, right? We can receive life from it. Amen? It's all good. And so what I want to preach to you guys today is from the title, Great and First. All right? Great and First. Um, Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you for his blood that was poured out on Calvary for us. We thank you for his body that was broken for us. We thank you that in your presence today, we are being made whole. And God, from this place, we ask that you would just expand our hearts, that you would enlarge our territories to be able to hold all that you would have to pour out to us today. I know that it says like less than 10% can be retained from a message. But Lord, we're just declaring for supernatural grace that that our spirits would retain 100% of it and that it would produce 100-fold fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. amen, amen, amen. So this passage of scripture is a very interesting passage of scripture for me. What Jesus is doing here is he is quoting from Deuteronomy and he's also quoting from Leviticus. And this passage here is what Jewish people refer to as the Shema. Have you guys ever heard of this before? The Shema, right? Shema Yisrael, if you've ever heard somebody talk about it in Hebrew. I can't do it. I wish I could, but I cannot recite it for you guys. But essentially what it says is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, right? And what's interesting is that whenever the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, in Jewish culture, to hear something would be to imply doing it. 
So if you did not respond with action, the implication was that you did not hear it at all. And so what what God is giving to his people and what Jesus is reciting from what he gave through Moses was what we consider to be the Shema prayer. It's one of the most infamous prayers in Judaism. In fact, it's the first prayer that a new infant is uh, prayed over when they are born. And so when from the time I started to study this passage, I began praying it over my son when he was born. And every single night before he goes to birth, to, to, to bed, we pray the Shema prayer over one another. Now, he, he likes to delay the Shema because, because he knows that when we pray that, that's the end of the book, right? It's time for night-night, dad's walking out, you know, it's over. And so he tries to delay it uh, by singing this song, uh, Daddy Finger, Daddy Finger, where are you? None of you guys are parents in here? Yeah, exactly. It is the most annoying song ever, but he loves it so much. And so we sing that. And as soon as that's over, then he's like, hallelujah. And then we sing the hallelujah, hallelujah chorus. And then I sing uh, one portion of it in um, uh, uh, Makua, which is a, a native dialect in Mozambique. We say, which means come Jesus come and he sings it he sings you know here's a here's a fun thing in Makua uh, come Holy Spirit is <laughs> so you praying you praying over somebody you hit him with that whoa oh. right yeah right and so sometimes honestly you guys i mean sidebar i pray in that language all the words that i know and man i honestly i feel the spirit man there's something beautiful about that anyways my son knows this he knows the shema i've been praying it over him since since he was born really and so as we're finishing up the night i always pray it over him and then i say in jesus name i say i love you son he said i love you daddy you know give me a kiss uh, and he kind of resists that sometimes. And then, he, and then he demands that all of his friends are in the bed with him, which last night was a teddy bear. But most nights, it's a life-size Spider-Man. And then so he hangs out in there and, and you know, that's, that's his thing, you know. So this is a passage of scripture that I'm very familiar with. I've been quoting this for years now, each and every night, putting my kid to bed. And this week... I was, um, I was doing some prayer walks. I don't know if you guys do this uh, when it gets warm outside. I love when springtime hits because I start doing prayer walks. And I started to pray about all these things that I want to do in this season. Anybody else, you know, you're feeling that? You're just like, man, I've got some big dreams. Any dreamers in here? Right, this is Nashville. This is a city of dreamers. Would you guys agree? And so on my prayer walks, man, I'm thinking about all these things that I want to do, and I'm praying about all these things that I want to do, and I'm, and I'm asking the Lord to give me a list of, uh, of things that I should do and a strategy for how to accomplish all those things that I want to do. And, and I recognize that I'm continuing to pray uh, all about what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? It's everything I want to do. And, 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 and you can do, 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 and then that's what you'll get. Right? I, it's true. And, 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 you know, you'd be so focused on everything you're doing, right, that you forget about what's great and first. You forget about what's actually most important. 
And so I felt the Lord kind of prompt me. Well, let's talk about what's most important, son. And I said, okay, God, well, on my list of dreams, on, on, on my to-do list, on all these things that I want to accomplish, tell me, what's the first thing you want me to do? And he's like, listen, it's not about the first thing I want you to do. It's about the person I want you to be. And I said, okay, God, well, you know, what, what do you want to talk about? He said, let's pray this prayer. The same prayer that you've been praying over your son every night for years. Let's pray this prayer together. You know, so I start to pray and I get to this part where it's, this is great and this is first. And I was reminded of something, which is my identity. You guys know what I'm talking about. My identity, your identity, who you are in Jesus Christ, Right. And he reminded me of this and he said, son, this is your true self. This is who you really are. Before you go out to do anything, who you really are just longs to sit with Jesus and exchange love with him, to have communion with your creator. This is who you really are. This is your true self. This is what's most important. And I want to remind you of this because long before you do anything, it's about who you're becoming. So I started to think about that. And I'm like, okay, God, I believe that. That is my identity. I know that that's the truth. And so I started to have this conversation with the Lord about my true self and about our true selves. And I have a definition for you here of what the true self is. The true self is your real identity in Christ. That's what the true self is. It is who you are in loving relationship with God. This is long before you do anything. Your true self is who you are in loving relationship with God. On the other hand, the false self is your ego. That's what the false self is. It is the ego. It is how you want to be perceived on the basis of your external successes. And so oftentimes we live from the false self and we only pray through the lens of the false self because the only time we pray is to ask God to bless the things we do rather than sitting with him in our true selves from our real identity and simply being the son or the daughter that he's created us to be. You guys know what I'm talking about? And we can spend years of our lives living from the false self. And we get confused trying to figure out why we're empty or why our lives lack joy or why we feel confused or competitive. Why when someone else's successes just burn our biscuits. You know what I'm saying? It's just that, that's a Kentucky thing. That's what you say. You get real angry. Man, I just burn my biscuits. <laughs> but we can spend years of our lives being angry, right? We can spend years of our lives being arrogant. We can spend years of our lives being acquisitive because these are the primary traits of the false self. They are angry, arrogant, and acquisitive. And when we pray from our false self, we, we pray from a place of anger. A lot of times that's a prayer asking God to justify my righteousness and judge the person that has offended me. Oh, oh dang. Okay, we're going there, huh? Or, or we pray through the lens of our arrogance, right? 
We do everything that we can in prayer, including praying for a long time, in an attempt to harness the power of omnipotence to protect our own self-interest, right? Or to project our self-will onto the world around us. And so we use prayer as a power tool, but what we don't recognize is we're actually participating in witchcraft. Because to pray in the opposite direction of the will of God is to participate in spiritual witchcraft. Oh, okay, all right, well, it's, uh, anyways, all right, I, I can... Jesus, help us, you know. Or, or we pray acquisitive, which is we pray and ask God to do things for us, and that's the only time that we ever pray. We treat God like Amazon.com one click, right? And so we just, that's the only time we pray. We pray to ask God for things because we're incredibly acquisitive. And we're trying to get more stuff, Right? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? All of this is, this, this is us living in the false self. And, you know, is it okay if I'm vulnerable with you for a little bit? Hey, so, you know, here's the thing about church, right? Like, if this gets to be a safe place for you, then it gets to be a safe place for me. Right? And so, like, I recognize that it goes against the grain of pastoral culture for me to be honest with you. And I'm not, I'm not talking about lying to you. I'm just saying telling you what's actually going on inside of me. Right? Because I need to be super spiritual and make sure you're impressed enough to come back next Sunday. You, you know what I'm saying? You have to, you, I have to continually impress you so you'll submit to me. Right? You see what I'm saying? But, like, we're just, we're just not going to do that. I've just, in, I've just endeavored in my heart. I'm like, hey, look, the goal of discipleship is not submission. It's friendship. Jesus never tried to disciple his, you know, who he chose, right? Until he was like, you obeyed me right away, right? He said, you're my friends. Man, I, that was so offensive to religious devils. I know it is. I know it is. This re- I know it is. I know it's offensive. But hey, listen, look, I've been living, I've been pastoring from my false self for probably four years. And I didn't know it until this recent season. Wow. Wow. I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. And, and, I, and on the inside, to some extent, like I've been eaten up with, with, uh, with little bouts of like anger because God's chosen to bless other churches wow. more perceiving more than, than, than our church. Like, oh, their church is so much bigger or that pastor's so successful or man, how'd that guy get famous? He's Christian famous. I want to be a Christian rock star. I want to be Christian famous. I want a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Oh, so I can't be honest with you guys. Okay. All right. All right that's, that's fine. And, and so, so what I, what I've realized is, is that that's actually me living from my false self. Because naturally, as a new creation, I'm not angry. I'm not arrogant. And I'm not acquisitive. I don't have to be angry because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. 
I don't have to be arrogant because Jesus said that the meek will inherit the earth. And I don't have to be acquisitive because my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. But see, it's, it's, not, it's not that we're unwilling to obey God. It's that we're unwilling to listen to God. Because you can't disobey what you never hear. So people talk about, well, if God wants to say something to me, here I am. But you ain't really listening. You know what I'm saying? And so, so I'm just saying, like, this is the false self. This is not who we really are. And, and, and I, I, like, I, I feel some degree of like, like, oh, I'm going to be embarrassed for this later. But this is, for me, what I feel like, 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 God has been leading me to step out and start to speak from. Like, right, to speak from the true self because, like, I want to worship from my true self. Like, I know that you might be like, man, that guy's weird. Why did he do that in the front? Well, this is me being me. And, like, we're never going to be connected unless I am the real me. Because if I'm never the real me, the person you think you're connected to is, is the false self, which means we'll never have a real intimate relationship because our connection is based upon me pretending. Right? And so we have to come to a new place. Is this helping you at all? Okay. Because this is a completely different message than the first service. So, all right. But I just feel like I just feel like this is what the Lord is leading us in as a community. Right? Because we we've got to come to a place of real honesty, of real vulnerability. Because listen, um, you can fake love through your works, right? But you can never fake love in your heart. Because you know that you know that you know whether or not your love is turned on towards someone. Right? You can smile in their face. You can, you can pat them on their back. You can pray over them. You know, you can prophesy to them. You can be operating in a spiritual gift that would bless them. But in your heart, you know whether or not your heart is turned on towards love, toward loving them, right? And so whenever Jesus says, hey, look, this is great and this is first, what he's saying is, is that, look, long before I ever want your external works of love, I want your love to be for me from the heart like before I talk about external works of love external expressions of love I want to talk about love that is based here on the inside I'm talking about that raw real vulnerable honest you know sometimes funky love right messed up challenging trying to figure it out right just loving your way through the darkness kind of love Right? But I just don't, I mean, is it cool that I say, I just don't think a lot of Christians like want to talk about that. Uh, Y'all do. I know. That's why y'all are my community. You know, that's, you know, that's why I can find connection with you, you know? And, and that's, I, I just want to write you a permission slip for you to do the same, you know, for you to do the same here, for you to do the same in life, for you to do the same in your relationships, for you to do the same on your job, for you to do the same. Like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's important because God has been speaking to me about living from this place of the true self. 
And, and to live from the true self actually requires a great deal of courage because nobody, it's perceived that nobody welcomes the true self. But the truth is when you're really gonna be celebrated for who you are is when you stop caring about what people think about your external successes and you start to live from who God has fashioned you to be. You know what I mean? That's when you leave a real legacy. You know, like, like, like where you are the most powerful is when you're really you, right? But, but here, here's the thing about being the real us. I, I heard somebody say, I think it was a philosopher, is that we are the most afraid in regards to being known for who we really are or being successful according to who we really are, you know? And so for me, like, I guess it's fine. I'm just talking to y'all. Am I messing the whole thing up? All right. So like, all right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, I was doing an inner healing session recently uh, with a new friend of mine. His name is Dr. Harold Weatherby. And uh, I like him a lot. He does heart sync. He's a super sweet guy. And I know there are some people like, man, inner healing's a farce. You know, you just need to know who you are, you know. And well, I do know who I am, you know. The Bible tells me so. Uh, but at the same time, you know, life is not always easy, right? We go through ups and downs. We have mountaintops and we have valleys. Hey, who followed God closer than Jesus? Nobody. And yet following God led Jesus to the Garden of Gethsemane. Right? And yet following God led Jesus to crucifixion. So when we start to believe that following God will never cost us anything, we've actually divorced true Christianity from the lifestyle of Jesus. Right? Right? Because that's when we come, that's when we, that's when we start to touch who we really are. Because if it's always a mountaintop, you'll never be forced to define or uncover or discover who you really are because you can placate and pretend in such a way where everybody knows you for your ego, but nobody actually knows what's really going on, right? So God is faithful to lead us into some valleys. Though I walk through the shadow, right, to the valley of the shadow of death, right, I'll fear no evil. You're not supposed to fear, but God never said that you wouldn't walk through the valley, right? Yet no weapon formed against me shall prosper, right? Now, the weapon ain't going to prosper, but God never said it wasn't going to be formed. <laughs> Dang, okay. All right, <laughs> okay. Right? Man, that's it. You know, the Lord has prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. See, when you see your enemies, you should take courage because that's God indicating that it's time for you to eat. You know what I'm saying? That's the time to eat. Right? The, the, the presence of your enemies is an indicator that it's time to eat. Right? <laughs> and when, when, we, when we say, man, we don't want no enemies, we don't want no opposition, we don't want no challenge, well, we end up eating and, 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 and receiving so much less than what God has intended for us because we never make it to the banquet table 
We're just sustained by the crumbs in the back alley. Because for fear, I don't want to be around any enemies. I don't want to be around any opposition. I don't want anybody to resist me. So I'm just going to pretend. I'm just going to pretend to be somebody that I'm not so I can get a sense of acceptance in reality being depressed the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying all these things. I feel like they just need to be said, right? They just need to get out there. Because I think it's important. There's something else I was going to say now for God. I got on the whole like, oh, about Dr. Harold. Yeah, that's right. That's right. My wife, my wife, my wife, everyone. She said, I know it's going to be good. Um, yeah, I, you know, I did this all weekend, actually. I was preaching in Alabama, and I just, I thought, I thought of this thing. I was like, man, what if I got up, and the first thing I did as a preacher was said what's really going on on the inside of me? Like, what if I really did that? Because that's a scary thing, you know, because people may say, oh, well, who's this guy? You know, but then I could speak from who I really am versus who they want me to be. It's not, it's not very satisfactory to be known for who you're not. You know what I'm saying? So anyways. Um, man, I hope I'm helping y'all today. Honestly, I, I just want to encourage you. So I was meeting with Dr. Harold and... and um, and, and he and I, he and I were chatting and, and, uh, we, we, you know, we've been trying to drill down to the true self. Like that's one of the things we've been praying through, right? It's like, who has God fashioned you to be? Who has God called you to be? And, uh, and, and throughout that time, you know, it's interesting. I told you guys this whole thing of living from the false self and like competing and comparing with other churches and pastors and people on Instagram. And I'm sure that you have struggled with that as well. I mean, we all have that little idol in our pocket, you know, whatever that looks like for us. And, um, and so, you know, one of the things that we uncovered was like who I am as a creative or who I am as an artist. Because I look at what I do as an art form. Right, right. That's what that's what I look at preaching as. I don't see it as a presentation. I don't see it as entertainment. I see it as an art form. You know what I'm saying? Because like performing artist, right? I think that's what it is. There's a drama to the storyline of God that deserves to be prepared creatively and presented in such a way that evokes people towards beauty, right? And not just to head knowledge. And so for me, it's like, these are the things I've been thinking about a lot throughout the years, but I've resisted living them because I don't think the church has a place for them. Meaning, even though as a pastor, I'm like, man, like, the, like I don't really fit in with the church. You know what I mean? Because they don't want artists. Like, they need people who kick butt and, like, take charge and are, like, you know, A-class, world-class leaders, you know? But what I'm recognizing is like there are people in our church who are that way and, and maybe that's not the way I am, but I need to release them to be who they are. And the thing about, it's hard to be empowering when you live from the false self because when you live from the false self, you got to have everything for yourself, right? Because you need that to, to inflate your ego and keep up the appearance. But whenever you're living in your true self, you can actually let other people be who they are too. You know what I'm saying? But when you live from your false self, nobody can be who they really are around you because it threatens you. So you, you distance yourself from them and you don't hang out with them. So you say, oh, I don't like that person. Why don't you like them? Well, it's because they're actually themselves and you can't take that. Right? But God is so faithful to put people in our lives to draw the gold out of us. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. He's not trying to hurt you. 
He's trying to help you. He's trying to heal you. And in heaven, listen, in heaven, it says that everything will be known, right? That all things will be known. Everything will be known. How does that scripture go? Everything will be, you will know and all things will be known. That's what it is. How many of you guys know there's no secrets in heaven? So like you can't stunt double your way through heaven. Like you're going to have to be who you really are right? And so if we're going to pray kingdom come for healing, why wouldn't we pray kingdom come for identity? You know, like, hey man, what if you just, what if you were honest about what's actually going on in your life? So, because James said, if you'll confess your sin one to another, then you could pray for each other and then you'll be healed, right? But a lot of times we, we, we stay unhealed because we won't say anything, Right? So, yeah, I think that's good. You know, like, whatever we reveal, God is faithful to heal. You know what I mean? Because sometimes we, we, like, we sin retail but confess wholesale. Does that, does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, you know what you did, right? But you try to, like, gloss over it. Like, you know, I just... You know what I mean? It's like, it's like a, it's a you know, you try to make it holy, like... It's not okay, man. You won't get healed in that area. You actually keep struggling with it. You know what I mean? And But we call it confession. You know, it's like we tell a tenth of what's actually going on. But then you get only a tenth healed. And then you wonder why, man, why am I still wrestling with this? I told somebody about it. No, you told them what they needed to hear to keep you feeling like you're better than them. When in fact, right? We both rely on the same God as common humans. Man, this, I don't know if we can podcast this. This is wild. So, so like this, this is what I've been praying. This is what I've been praying through. Like I've been asking the Lord about it. Like, man, God, how do I be who I, who I am? And will I be celebrated? Will I be encouraged? Will I be, will, will people be all about that or, or do they, they need me to be this particular person in order to, you know, continue to rally or follow or whatever. And, uh, and what I've realized, my wife and I have been doing devos in the morning together and we've been reading the Bible together and, been, you know, praying some together and reading books together and, and that's been good. But what we've realized is, man, until we develop the courage to stand alone, then we'll, we'll never, ever find true community. Because until you accept me and my differences, then we'll never unify around our commonalities. Okay, <laughs> right? Because but we don't we don't we don't like talk about that. We got to make sure church is only filled with people who look like us, talk like us, believe the same things as us, and never argue about it. Right? What? Right? You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that is, hey, can I tell you, that's not how heaven's going to be. You know, heaven's going to be extremely colorful. It's going to be very diverse. There's going to be people who subscribe to a different line of theology than you that will be there. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's good that, like, I'm not the judge, right? It's good that you're not the judge. It's good that we're not, like, we serve a righteous judge. He's so full of grace. He's so full of mercy. And, and, and he, he, what he does really well is he unifies rather than divides. And rather than speak to confusion, he brings clarity, right? 
And what, that's what's happening in this passage that we read today is that the, the Sadducees had been silenced, right, by Jesus' responses. Well, then the Pharisees, they got together and they said, oh, we got them this time. Because this has been a big debate for years on what the greatest commandment in the law is. And no matter what he says, he will divide the camps. And so one camp, even if that's not us, will catch him. And then they will throw stones in his direction and be able to prove that he's not actually the Messiah. Right? But instead of taking the bait, Jesus was who he was, right? He was courageous in the moment and he declared the truth, right, in wisdom. And instead of bringing further division to the denominations, Sadducees and Pharisees, he brought unity. Right? He actually taught us how to engage in religious debate. He said the fruit of your debate should be unity. Right? Because if the fruit of the debate is division, it's not that you're wrong and they're right or that you're right and they're wrong. It's that you exalted the problem over the person. Right? Because that's the pitfall, I think, sometimes of us as Christians is that we exalt truth over relationship. And Jesus is truth, right? And so we can always find that common ground. Anyways, I'm just talking today. I didn't intend on doing this. I just intend on preaching to you guys. But we'll podcast the first service so you can listen to it. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can start to play, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. Happy birthday, Brian. Um, so we're going we're gonna to pray. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. You guys are the best. Thanks. You, you guys you guys can stay standing. We'll close in prayer. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. So, so this is what I wanted to say about your true self for a moment, is that your true self loves God. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, right? And so Colossians 1 and 27 tells us that the Christ in you is the hope of glory, right? That means because Jesus lives in you, you have a new natural habitat, which is the presence of God. You, you ever seen a fish out of water? Like when you deprive yourself from the presence, that's how you function. You've been removed from your natural habitat and you're suffocating for the oxygen that you require to thrive. And that's what the glory of God is. The Christ in you desires the glory. The heart of stone that was in you when you were an enemy of God has been replaced by a heart of flesh. Where did God get that heart? He took it out of the chest of his son. And he put it in you. And as a result, the same communion, the same affection, the same connection that Jesus had with the Father, you now have. Not because you've worked at it, but simply because you've received it. 
whenever Jesus says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, he's not asking you to manufacture love. He's simply asking you to share the love with God that you've received from God. Right? First John says, we love him because he first loved us. See, Jesus has already given you all the love that you need to love God well. Right? You already have all the love required to fulfill the command because it's the Christ in you that fulfills the command for you. You have no ability in yourself to love God well, but because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross on your behalf, right? You have the opportunity to be who you truly are before God and to love him with your whole heart, with your whole mind, with your whole spirit, with your whole soul, with all of your strength. You now have permission to do this. Before you couldn't execute that, but now because you're saved and you've been delivered and you've received the love of God, you're well able to accomplish it. And that's why God can command it because God never puts a demand on anything God didn't deposit. Right? I don't go up to my ATM and try to withdraw a million because I've never deposited a million, right? So whenever God says, hey, you're going to love me with your whole heart, he already knows what he deposited. He's not asking you to work for a long time to try and figure out how to fulfill the commandment. He says, no, no, I see it. It's in there. It's in the account. I've put it in there. I've put, it to, I've put a deposit in there. And so when I make this demand, I'm not actually asking you to go out and find it. I'm just asking you to share what you've already received from me. This is who you really are. This is who you're real. This is your real identity. This is your true self, not the egotistical self, not the person that feels the need to be arrogant and prove to everybody else that you're better than them. It's not the person that needs to be arrogant and work really hard to make sure that your bank statement reflects your desired value so that you can show your parents that you're actually a good person. Like none of these things None of these things are required, right? Whenever Mary and Martha said, you know, where Jesus was at their house, he said, oh, Mary, you missed it. You're worried about all the things you're going to do, 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 but only one thing is necessary. He says only one thing is required, right? There's going to be plenty of time for you to work. I'll tell you what you need to do from the presence. But if you're trying to invite the presence into what you do, you've got it backwards, Right? We don't need to ask God to bless our stuff. What we need to do is get involved in God's stuff because it's already blessed. See what I'm saying? But we don't know what that is unless we get into the presence from our true self. Because the false self is loud, right? The false self is acquisitive. The false self is distracting. And it will try and wave our attention away from things that are eternally significant to things that satisfy the flesh in a moment. Right? Okay, so I think we should close. Although I probably have a, a lot more that I could share from like the prayer time I've had. And, and here's what I want to say. Your true self wants to pray. Your true self wants to fast. Your true self wants to read the Bible. And, and those, those are some of the hardest things for the false self because there's no uh, ROI in the moment right that's why that's why you, that's why the false self doesn't want to do those things it's because there's no immediate gratification 
right? Because the gratification is eternal in those spiritual practices. And the false self doesn't focus on eternity. It focuses on 2018. Better said, it focuses on Sunday, today, and what you'll do the next hour. But, but, but Jesus said, don't store up for yourselves treasures here on the earth where moth and rust are going to destroy. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, right? You want to talk about living a legacy? That's, that's where you commune in intimacy with God and do what he says from that place. It's always intimacy unto fruitfulness, right? Because to be fruitful without intimacy, you'd have to rob somebody else's field. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people live under the influence of someone else's fame and think that they're fruitful. Anyway, that's just, that's just Christians, I think. You know what I'm saying? So, all right, anyway, I I should stop talking. (laughs) All right, just, now just grab hands with somebody or pray. I want to read to you guys a scripture. I think it's from Psalm 46, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't write down the scripture, but um, it goes a little something like this. Be still and know that I am God. You know, the presence of God is not felt. The presence of God is known. It's a spiritual thing. Silence is spiritual. You can only achieve quietness in the flesh. But but silence is a spiritual thing. It's where it's where you come to a place of being still and knowing that I am God. Because you're 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 no longer acquisitive, you're no longer angry, you're content and you're at rest and you're at peace, knowing that you're with God. So let's shorten it. Be still and know. Let's shorten it again. Be still. Shorten it one more time. Be. Just be. Just be. Hey, you're 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 a human being, not a human doing. Right? That's how God made you. So that's what I want to encourage you with today. And I hope that it was a blessing to you. I appreciate you guys giving me grace and letting me ramble and just share what was coming from my heart. Um, I, I hope and I pray that, it, that it's been a blessing. So as we're closing, God, we just bless your people with peace and intimacy and connection and love with you and with one another. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen, 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 amen. Awesome.